welcome to Wrestling Chat with Friends. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special Friday night edition. It reminds me of the old Saturday night main event or a Friday night special event. We know we've got a couple of wrestling promotions. What Friday night SmackDown is going into the Elimination Chamber. Uh, Rampage or AEW is popping off. But we here at WCWF Wrestling Chat with Friends have two very special guests that we're going to have a conversation with to talk about something that is so, so exciting. A brand new promotion based in North Carolina. It's coming to you soon. Nadia Hunter, lovely Laveau, welcome to the show. Welcome to Wrestling Chat with Friends. I'm so excited to have you both. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having us. We are going to talk about something that is really, really exciting. We're going to talk about your brand new promotion that is geared towards inclusion. It's geared towards diversity. It's geared towards black wrestling, and we need more of it. It's a breath of fresh air, uh, and I'm so excited to get into it. However, before we do that, Wrestling Chat, we start the show off every episode with something that you are popping for this week or the last two weeks in the wrestling community. It could be anything. It could be anything at all. But what are you popping for this week or over the last month? Something that has gotten you excited about wrestling? You can go first. <laughs> it's anything. Uh, it's anything. Keith Lee on AEW. That that totally got me. Uh, how exci- oh, that's am- how exciting was that debut? How, how they they tricked me. They tricked me definitely um, because when I um, first saw it, listen, my my wrestling knowledge like of the Indies is 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 not the best. But um, I know they said, oh, you know, the door is gonna open, and then someone from New Japan came on the screen, and I was like, oh, you know, I thought you know it was gonna be some like WWE, and then you know. The next scene, it was just like, boom, Keith Lee. And I was like, what? Out of nowhere. Yeah, it was just crazy. You know, what threw me off about that was, you know, he got married just that previous weekend. Um, and so I had seen wedding pictures. They they teased it perfectly. Uh, Keith Lee and, and, and Mia had wedding pictures. Even that day, they had a picture of him on, like, a honeymoon. So it was like him... Uh, on a lake and all of this stuff. And we're like, I'm sitting here saying it can't be Keith Lee. Cause he just got married. He's on his honeymoon. And then somebody on, obviously the internet's undefeated, but somebody on Twitter was like, that's an old photo. That's an old photo. So it still could have been Keith Lee. And when Keith Lee walked out, man, I'll tell you, I, I, that particular show, that particular show all the way through from top to bottom uh, for AEW was something special, but Keith Lee was by far the most special part of that show that's a great answer that's a great answer uh lovely what what what, what had you excited in the wrestling world recently um gonna be honest a lot of my excitement isn't really on stuff that's on tv is mm-hmm. really the independent scene yeah. um this weekend is in grapple we trust in dc and i'm very very excited about that's that. that's coming um, up on sunday right yeah it's this sunday and they have some stellar matches and i think that for me is the highlight of what's going on with wrestling. Anything in on the independent scene highlighting black wrestling for me, I'm pop regardless. And to piggyback on the Keith Lee thing, what's crazy is that was a very up-to-date picture. They literally got married, went on right. a day's honeymoon, and was right up the street. That was <laughs> that was actually That's what was crazy. <laughs> tell me, tell me a little bit more quickly about Sunday. I, I know I saw some of the flyers on it. And it's some of the talent that's going to be on there. I always get excited about Darius Lockhart. Anything that uh, Darius Lockhart does, I'm pumped. I know he's going to be at the show. Um, but what? tell me a little bit about the talent and, and who you're looking forward to seeing on Sunday in D.C. Uh, well, we have uh, Billy Dixon and O'Shea Edwards. They're going for the Chocolate City Championship, which is going to be a crazy match. Um, you have Big Swole, Trisha Dora. Mm-hmm. You have... Um, I think Darius is wrestling Jordan Blade, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. I think so. Um, 
you have so many people that we are just watching do their thing over and over and over back in a promotion that we were so excited about when they first started. But of course, things happen, the pandemic and all that kind of stuff kind of puts things on hold. So it's like going to be one big family reunion all over again. So I'm excited about that, seeing people I haven't seen in a couple of years because of all of this. So yeah, keep your eyes out for that one when it, when it streams. That's going to be really, really exciting. I said, I, we're, so I know um, I'm in Richmond, Virginia. So DC is not, not too far. I-95 on Sundays is always a challenge, you know, no matter which <laughs> way you're going. But uh, when I saw the flyer, we were really, really excited about it and saw the talent. Uh, we were excited about it as well. One of the things that we are extremely, extremely excited about is what you both are putting together. And like I said, I can't overstate this enough. And anyone that's a fan of black wrestlers, black wrestling, if you over and over again, you hear interviews from just about uh, any of the black talent in professional wrestling that can say it. There's look, there's a lot of talent in professional. (laughs) I have learned that what just from the short time doing this podcast, I have learned uh, the challenges that all talent has when it comes to media and trying to say the right thing and how paranoid they are about making sure that they say the right thing. Uh, But the talent that can speak freely always says we need more black wrestling promotions to properly show black wrestling talent and the diversity of black wrestling talent. So it can't just be pigeonholed into a gimmick that is, something that is very stereotypical, right? Like the right. whole breadth of black talent. So this is what gets me to seeing the tweet and the Twitter account of Let Wrestling Live and what it's trying to build and what it's building and leading up to your your show. So tell us a little bit about the genesis of the promotion, why you felt it was needed and how it came together. Okay, so um, so I kind of started the promotion. Um, originally, it wasn't Let Wrestling Live. I was partnering with uh, two other gentlemen, um, and I was just kind of like the booker of that promotion. Um, and we were just kind of like in, in, the, in the pre-trial of everything. Um, when was this? When was this? Maybe around November. November. Okay. And um, I just felt like the goals that we had at the time, was, which was to bring people to North Carolina and give talent in North Carolina that are kind of, you know, not looked at um, those op- just opportunities. And I just felt like at that time, they lost sight of our goals. And so I pulled myself out of that project. And I was kind of sad about it. I was like, you know, like, you know, I still feel like, you know, I could do this because me pulling out, like that doesn't really do anything. That doesn't really help anything. So I'm going to kind of try to do this on my own. No, good and well, I can't really do it on my own. <laughs> so, um, I called in a couple of friends and um, I was like, hey, listen, this is what I'm trying to do. I need some, I need some help. I need some assistance. And they was like, yeah, sure. And then I put everybody into a group chat. And then I was like, Oh my goodness, we're all black women. I was oh, like, wow. this is gonna be this is gonna be powerful. Like we're doing we're doing something different. Yeah. And was that int- was that intentional or it was just kind of these are the people that you were working with, and then you were like, Oh wow, we just noticed this. Yeah, we was just like, Oh wow, we just noticed this. Like this might be the first. Like this, this, this right here could make history. And it, uh, that's amazing. And and I don't know. I don't know the history of black women promote. I'm assuming it's probably the first, right? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. But so now tell us about you're here now. They're in the group chat, but you have a lot. To, you have a lot to do. How yeah. like what, what? Tell us about how this is coming together and leading up to your first show and. What are you? What are you hoping to see? Who are you hoping to book? Like a lot of folks don't know what goes on behind the scenes in a, in a wrestling promotion or just to put on one show, and it's so much stuff that people don't think about. What, what do you do after you get the group text together? Um. So after we got the group text together, we started looking for sponsors and just people who are just like willing to help out 
the promotion. So this is where a lovely came into play. So she, she emailed the account and she was like, hey, listen, I believe in this. I believe this could be something big. I want to be a sponsor. And then me, I was just like, no, no. What? No. No, I was like, she could do so much more than be a sponsor. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought you meant like, no, we don't want your help. I was like, listen, she's a black woman. She's talented. She believes in black wrestling. We need her on the team. So that's all. Lovely, tell us a little bit about your background in wrestling, and then what was it about seeing this mission, that tweet that made you say, yo, I got to get in on this? (laughs) Um, Well, I've been a wrestling fan since I was six years old. I'm 35. You do the math. Mm -hmm. Um, My grandfather here in North Carolina has helped with a lot of the territories back in the day. So I saw a lot growing up, and I was like, I like the backstage of wrestling more so than ever being a wrestler. Um, So I started probably about five or six years ago actually helping independent wrestlers with their character development, being a liaison because of the connections that I've made throughout, you know, my tenure of being a wrestling fan. I started to help behind the scenes because of my, you know, degree, my background of being able to help with marketing, help with, hey, this is where we can bridge the gap for you so you can start to get over the way that you need to do, especially utilizing social media. So um, started doing that a lot, a lot of independent black talent, of course, helping with that. And then I started working with uh, Shane Taylor Promotions, being their social media liaison. So helping push the narrative with them, making sure people are seeing them and creating that that um, bridge for black fans and black wrestling. That's something that I've never been apologetic about is that is where my passion is is black wrestling as a whole um so helping out getting them booked with podcasts and just putting people in front of who they need to be in front of and who needs to see them so that's really been my background for the last couple of years and um when i saw the promotion at first i didn't know that it was nadia behind it until i saw um i knew a couple of my personal friends that were booked for the upcoming show and they were like hey, have you, you know, thought about it? I was like, well, no, I just want to, you know, let me sponsor y'all's match because y'all are my best friends. Mm -hmm. Let me sponsor your match. And um, that's how we got there. And then I'm like, you know, this is in my backyard. I'm from North Carolina. I live here. This is a wrestling town, wrestling state. I want to help in any way that I can to get the word out. And she was basically like, no. Um, So... (laughs) So, no, I need you to help with outreach and, you know, social and, um, (laughs) excuse me, sponsorships and stuff like that, because that's something that I know that I'm good at is getting communities together behind uh, things and actually doing the work, not just talking about it, but actually doing the work to get things accomplished. So anything that I can do to help anything Black in wrestling and then Black women in wrestling, yeah, that's, she didn't have to ask. She just said what she needed. And I'm like, okay. And. (laughs) And so, and Nadia, let's go, uh, and now forgive me for not asking before, but tell us a little bit about your background in wrestling. And I want to know, there's that that watershed moment that you talked about as well, when whatever promotion you were working on kind of fell apart and you were like, you know what, I'm not going to let this go. I I need to do this. I I, I really want um, to hear about your background and, and hear a little bit about that's a big leap of faith too. That 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 watershed moment. That's like let's let's go do this. And and while Lovely was talking, I just couldn't help because I'm like I said I'm from Richmond, Virginia. I remember the territory days. Mm-hmm. I remember all of the NWA was you know Greensboro and and all of North Carolina was NWA and Crockett Promotions and and yeah. Richmond and Richmond was as well with the Richmond Coliseum. And so to think about the history of wrestling and how historic that is and what. Your what you and your team is doing, I I just it just kind of just hearing it put it in perspective like, oh like that's crazy. So tell us a little yeah. bit, um, Nadia, about your your background and, and and then move and fast forward to how it happened today. Yeah, so um, I started training in uh, Greensboro at Firestar Pro Wrestling in uh, 2019 in October 2019, and um, yeah, I was doing training for a little bit. I got concussed like three times in a row. Mm. Uh, and so I definitely had to sit out for a long period of time. And then since then I've been, uh, ring announcing, I've been traveling and ring announcing at promotions. Um, I guess what, I guess that 
moment with those people that I was working with before, I think it comes from time after time, maybe either, I don't want to say overlooked, but like unappreciated in my own state. Okay. You can say, you look, you can say both. This is a safe space right here. (laughs) You can say if it's both, over uh you know what overlooked and underappreciated you can say it all because black wrestling lord knows black and, wrestlers have been through it right yeah. and i i feel like in in north carolina and this is not me like trying to take shots at any promotions no no, no 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 but i think there's like a gap it's like you're either at this promotion or you're at this promotion mm-hmm. there's no middle field like, where does everybody else go everybody else has to go to you know, uh, South Carolina, we have to go up to Indiana, like we have to travel really far, but nobody has created a promotion, which is for everybody. All the other promotions, they have a certain uh, target audience that they reach, but no particular promotion in North Carolina is for everybody. So, and so I that was, that was the goal. Yeah, that was the goal. And I guess, yeah, I just had that breaking point when I was just like, there's probably other people out there who feel the same as me. And, but nobody has taken that step or taken that leap of faith to do that. And so, I can see why it's, it's nerve wracking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. What What are some of the? Because both of you have an extensive background in, in wrestling and being uh, behind the scenes and, and being close. So, what has been a challenge to be the person? Normally, you might be working on behalf of other folks, but now you're the people, the person. What's been the challenge? I'm going to let Nadia speak more because <laughs> I, she's a lot more eloquent and, um, let it go. Let it, because, I, look, I hope no, you feel home I already. Talking, I want you to I feel home. Love about this. I go and it's no, no, turning no I want to hear it. No, I want you to feel comfortable. Lovely. This is, uh, I want you to feel welcome here. This is a safe space. <laughs> okay. So the biggest, one of the biggest issues, because there, there's a lot. One of the biggest issues is consistency. Um, a lot of people will get things started and don't realize how hard it is and how much work goes into it. And they just stop, you know, and a lot of things that our community, and I'm, I'm very transparent once again, I focus on our community, i.e. the Black wrestling community. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ego that is in our community that stops a lot of productive work from being done. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you heard about it. There was the whole Black wrestling draws um, thing that we were doing before where myself, Jay Rose, and some other people, we kind of came together and we were trying to do something to show, you know, if you put Black wrestlers on TV, people are going to watch, which is going to draw the viewership. Mm-hmm. And that was the entire po- you know, point of it. So Jay Rose wanted to kind of get something that was catchy. You know, what can we use? And I said, hey, Black wrestling draws. Let's just use that and let's see where it goes. And there were some other factors, you know, people who didn't really understand what was happening. Instead of asking, they kind of shot it down instead of saying we're like hey guys we're trying to get the ball rolling for everything that we have been clamoring and talking about for years that we want we're trying to get it started we had a panel at uh, new york comic-con where we talked about it everything that we're trying to do and it's like our own community kind of shot us in the foot and i'm one of those people I'm going to make, I don't know if we can curse here, so I'm not going to, um, I'm going to make well, you, family eat, friendly, family I'm, I'm going to make you eat SHIT if you, you right. tell me I can't do something. Um, but it was never about lovely. So I never wanted to be the face of anything. I've mm-hmm. always liked to play the back. Hey, whatever I can do to help you out, that's what I'm going to do. So seeing Nadia take the initiative to do this, and then she was like, I know that you can help. I was like, girl, I've been waiting on somebody to actually do something so I don't stress myself out because I don't have the necessary collateral to do what I know can be done. But I know that I have the network, I have the connections, I have the ability, the background to assist. I've always just wanted to be the assist. And our community talks a lot with very little action. So when you start seeing people put the action behind the word, how can you not support it? You know what I mean? So 
um, so, uh, yesterday, something just got announced. Um, Sir Wilkins and uh, Queen of the Ring, Alex. I saw, they, yeah. They got picked up by Complex. Co Complex, and, yeah, yeah. Intersection exactly. of wrestling and pop culture, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, if, of course, if you know me, everyone knows Alex and I are really close friends. Um, Wilkins and I used to date, but we're still really close. So what a small I, world. We yeah, had Jobber Tears. We had Jobber Tears Nation on. We didn't have Sir Wilkins. We had um, mm -hmm. Mr. Black and uh, Janelle from and HR Janelle. on the mm -hmm. show. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, so I see how hard they work. I've seen the work that they put in. I've seen the sacrifices that they make. So when you see people put the work in and you start to see it happen, I'm like, this isn't your time to hate or be upset. This is your. This should be like encouragement for you to keep going. So I'm glad that she was able to do this. I'm glad that she put a team together. Just so happened to be black women. And if anybody knows anything, black women save everything. Yeah, so, I was just saying, Nadia wanted to be successful. That's all that was. Yeah. <laughs> she just figured know. out what was she wanted to get something done. That's what that's all that was. Correct. You and, and we're gonna we're gonna do it and having people with different backgrounds but the same goal is very, very important. As long as everyone is on the same page, everyone has the same goal, it's not a a me promotion, it's a us thing. Whatever we can do to uplift the culture and the community as a whole, that's what we're here to do. That's that's wonderful. Nadia, what have you found has been kind of mm -hmm. a, a big challenge, if you will, leading to, because I think Lovely hit hit it perfectly, but directly, if, if you're leading this effort, um, have you been surprised at any uh, any 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 parts of along the process uh, have been more challenging than you thought, or has it kind of fallen into play? Um, for me personally, I think everything is falling um, into play for right now. For right now, yeah, I think everything is pretty much how I expected it to go. No curveballs mm -hmm. yet. And so, one thing I do. So, where are we now? in regards to when is the first show and what what needs to happen as you lead into where you are so we kind of left off at getting the team together but there's still booking there's arenas there's sponsorships uh what, what do we know about the the first let wrestling live promotion uh so the first show is july 16th um i can say that it will be in greensboro north carolina uh the venue itself will be released at a later date. Okay. Yeah, no spoilers here. No spoilers. No spoilers. Unless you look, unless you want to break some news. Well look, you know. We'll be um, ready. The talent is booked and the matches are booked and I can tell you and lovely can tell you there's some bangers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um I'm trying to think what can you say? Start. What can you say? Um, <laughs> we have some pretty good sponsors as well. Uh, we're sponsored by American Lucha Wrestling. We also do have people who are planning to sponsor, but we cannot say as of yet. Sure. Um, yeah, pretty much. So, so let's. So, what are those conversations like in regards to going out, recruiting talent, recruiting sponsors, and explaining the mission of what what you're creating? What 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 have those conversations been like, and what is the reception been like? Um, so for me, when I was first doing it before I gave the job to Lovely, um, I think everybody has been um, pretty acceptive to um, sponsoring the show. Um, I think a lot of people love, like I have like a whole proposal that I uh, give to people and kind of mm -hmm. explain what we're doing, what our target our target audience is um what we are looking for how you can help and how this could benefit you mm -hmm. so um yeah everybody's been receptive that's all i can say there's, no, awesome. there's no negative nothing negative so to put a bow on the show one more time tell folks how they can kind of learn everything that's going to be rolled out as we work into July, where they can follow the promotion uh, and how they can stay in touch. And then we'll, we'll talk about some other stuff in the wrestling world. We're not done yet, but I want to put a bow on what, what this, and does the show have a title? Like, yes, it's first day out. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And it's in July. Give us the whole spill really quick. So people know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, July 16th in Greensboro, North Carolina, we have First Day Out presented to you 
by Let Wrestling Live. Already announced, we have Juicy Finale. We have d We have PB Smooth. I almost said <laughs> you did. You did. I saw it on your face. <laughs> oh my goodness! Sorry, I got things out of order. I understand. I understand. I understand. I almost slipped up. Yeah, Bojack. We did announce Bojack. Bojack, and we have Bojack. Bojack is before. Let's up. You gotta okay. wait until Monday for our next release. Listen close. The- listen, listen closely, folks. You might get. You might have got a scoop. You might have got something. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> but the next one that we announced, understand, it is like that. That that next announcement, you guys are gonna enjoy that one. We're yeah. no, we're excited. We're gonna be paying uh, as much attention as possible. Let's let's shift some gears. If you, we've got a couple more minutes, and we want to talk about um, some things that are going on in the wrestling world, uh, and some things that you you both are aware of that I don't think my our, my audience or your audience might be. Um, privy to behind the scenes. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about is, is we have seen, you know, probably over the last year, year and a half, um, especially with a lot of major company releases, we've seen almost a revitalization in the indie scene. Just a lot of talent in the indies, people going around, um, doing different promotions, cross-promoting, working dates. But but for probably the first time in, in a long time, maybe the first time ever, there's actually some real money in the indies and people are making careers and um, they don't necessarily need um, that call up or that placement that, you know, what, five years ago, four years ago was was all the indies was working for. How, how do you feel about the shift in the focus uh, to the indies promotions like like yours that'll be coming, but others that are down, they don't necessarily need a television contract. They can be on YouTube or social media. Um, how has that impacted black wrestling? How has that impacted women wrestling? How have you seen that kind of drive to the indies and the indies, not necessarily being on TV, but being on social media, which is equally big on TV as these days? Well, that's kind of, if you don't mind, that's kind of what I do, right? Um, <laughs> is letting people know, utilize your resources because we are in an age, like everything with wrestling, just like everything else, there's evolution, right? So the way that you stay afloat, and this is something as much as everyone dislikes Vince, he's one who keeps up with the times. And we are in an age of social media. So you have got to utilize your resources to make the impact that you need. So with all, because I, I like to tell people we're in a Renaissance era in wrestling, where everything feels so fresh and so brand new, but it's been the same game, it's just a different outlet. So you Mm. have things like IWTV, you have um, all of these different things that's on IWTV, which is a a independent wrestling network, Mm. where you're seeing people that you probably never seen before, and you can get behind the storytelling, the the characters, because that's something that was lost on TV. We don't really have characters anymore. You just have people being themselves fighting each other, right? Mm. Where you don't really have that investment of character development, seeing people grow, seeing people turn into the superstar that we, we learn to love. And right now, independent wrestling has taken wrestling back to its basics, right? Of of that engagement between superstar and fan, that that investment between the two. You seeing these vignettes again on on the internet. You see people posting their promos on the internet again because that was fun for me back in the day when you had new uh, people getting signed to like WWE. You see the vignettes of teasing them coming on the scene. Sure. That's what independent wrestling is doing now, especially utilizing Twitter and things like that. So we are really, really in the Renaissance era of wrestling and there's a lot wrong with wrestling, but don't ever let that overlook what's going right. Because you have to remember why you fell in love with this in the first place. And I think independent wrestling is the place to do that. Because if you're waiting on Vince and AEW to do it, Right. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so that's what I that's that's what keeps me here because Nadia knows and a lot of people know I was gonna retire from this this year. I was like, I am done, right? <laughs> but I had to remember there's still work to be done that I know that I can help with. So that's what keeps me going. And had she not scooped me up, I probably would have been out. 
Oh, well, I'm glad yeah. she bought you back. <laughs> I'm glad she kept you in. Nadia, say, same thing. What have you seen in regards to the impact that the indies have had on black wrestlers and, and, and women wrestlers and talent that, that aren't um, in, in the impact AEW, uh, WWE of the world? Um, <clears throat> I would say that one, I think social media is a big help of getting everybody's name out there. Um, one thing that I like about the social media and everything and the indies is that you create your brand. Like you, you're, you're in charge of your brand. You're in charge of how the audience views you. You're in charge of how that promoter or that booker views you. So um, I think that's great. I definitely think that it pushes us out of complacency because I feel like there, there is, you know, and I think everybody is a victim of complacency because we get to a certain point where we feel like, oh, we're good. I'm getting my bookings. We're good. That's it. That's all. But we never push outside of that. And that's where that character development character development, sorry, um, comes from that lovely was talking about, like, we, we need to go into, well, why do the fans need to hate you? Why do the fans mm -hmm. need to, to love you? And that's when we start using those platforms like social media to get that out there. All right. Can we get a little bit messy before we get out of here? Just a tad bit. Oh, Just a tad bit. No, 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 no. Just a tad bit. Nothing, okay. nothing that's going to get anyone in trouble. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Y'all network seem pretty. Y'all, y'all network seem pretty extensive. Y'all, so be mindful. But let's Everybody get a little. Know me know my mouth. They are. Let's, uh, let's get a little bit messy. And and you tell me, you tell me, a talent, a black talent, that's at a major network that you feel is grossly misused, that is grossly misused, and could be a star if used appropriately. That's, that's a good one. That's a good question. That's not like a messy somebody's gonna get personally in trouble. Um, if if we're talking about from major networks, not necessarily yeah. So so we're talking about the WWE, AEWs of the world, Impact. You can count Impact or New Japan. I can I can say it with no problem. Um, and and it could be that I'm biased, and that's fine <laughs> if that's the case. But it doesn't mean I'm not right. Um the underutilization or the proper utilization of Shane Taylor promotions to me mm. is mm, that's a good one. very much um, something that sticks in my personal crawl. Mm -hmm. um, those five gentlemen brought something to wrestling that we were missing. Right. Um, and I, and I hate to, to put all black talent in one box, sure. but of course, you know, they like to compare them to the nation, you know, stuff like that, or the mm. anti new day, because you had the more happy, you know, black men, which I absolutely love because all, you know, black men are happy and I need people to understand that that is a thing, mm -hmm. but to have those five gentlemen that were all five different men completely and to miss the opportunity to put that title on Shane with the mm -hmm. momentum that they had, with the outreach that they had, the way that they were impacting people that looked like them because they saw something that they were missing because they just had this hunger about STP. There was this grittiness about STP that really not just felt home to black fans, white fans felt it too. Sure because they knew that they were fighting for something that they loved and understanding the situation with ring of honor you know things happen but if they're not brought back i'm gonna have a problem personally <laughs> <laughs> so i, like I think I, like I think stp could have could have been what kingdom was i mm. think um because i know what we were planning had that had what we were planning worked it would have been a black bullet club kind of ordeal. That's crazy. And I, I hate that that was not, it didn't happen, but never say never. That's all I'll, I'll say. That's a good answer. And shout out. So um, I was kind of learning about uh, Shane Taylor promotions, but shout out to the black wrestling podcast. Cause they, they had them on a couple times and some really candid moments. I felt 
had some yeah. le lengthy, they had, they had Shane Taylor on and some lengthy candid interviews and I was able to see those. And I was like, man, you know, I had to go back and do some history. Um, but yeah, what they were, what, what's being built, um, is really, is really special. Well, what, yeah. what do you got there? Look, you look, you look, look, it looked like you got nervous when I asked the question. <laughs> you look no, like you got nervous right away. Who do you, really, who do you got? I was, thinking, I was thinking really, really hard. Um, so you're saying some, something or someone got misutilized? I was saying somebody that's in a, I mean, they could have been recently released, but if they're in a, um, a bigger promotion that we feel like is just, just hadn't, hadn't used them right. Maybe they don't understand how this athlete, this person, this entertainer could be, this wrestler could be effective, right? And, and, um, and like you said. I'm, I'm going to have to go with the particular situation with um, the run with uh, Big E and his championship. Oh, good. That's a good answer. Yeah, how they took the championship off of him. It was, it was very disappointing to me. That's yeah. a good answer. And I think he was so hot, white hot, on his way to getting the championship that I was looking forward to him having some of those big main event matches at the biggest, you know, biggest events in WWE. And I mean, we know they're going to do what Roman does. And, you know, when I saw Brock come back and Lord knows what's, you know, what's going to happen moving forward. It just seemed like, yeah, it seemed really premature and yeah. really not planned. Like it was like you do all of this work to get him over, split him up from his from his you know his crew and his tag team, and make him the guy. And then you don't really have a plan to to move him forward. I am a conspiracy theorist. Come on, come with it, come with it. <laughs> I honestly feel like when you're dealing with these bigger promotions and stuff, they will give you just enough line for you to you know kind of hang yourself a little bit so i i truly believe they knew what everyone wanted from big e but mm -hmm. because he wasn't the angry aggressive big e that they wanted and he wasn't going to steer from that i really feel like they booked him for him to fail so they can turn the picture around and be like you see he needed to be this in order to be that and mm. that's how booking works when you're dealing that's with those bigger promotions um because what would have made sense with Biggie's run if you were bringing Goldberg back anyway? Give us the match that we have been clamoring for for the last what three or sure. four years right. with this big meaty man bumping meat. Right, right, right. Like, why yeah, not yeah. capitalize on that? But you're not the guy that they want you to be, but you're still the guy to the people. They will figure out a way to invalidate who and what you are. They do it all the time. Look at what they did with Bianca. Look at what they did with Naomi. Look mm -hmm. at what they did with Kofi Mania. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So this is not something that's foreign, but it's something that that is real. And that's I, what happened with Big E. I had a theory too that, and I don't know how much this is, you know, I don't know anything about this. So I don't know if it's, it's accurate or not, but Big E had, was doing things that made Big E I think attractive to uh, certain communities that the WWE didn't really care about, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Big E, um, you know, did some did media runs on Hot 97. He was he was at boxing matches doing promos for things that were very clear when it came out how these things came about. That the WWE basically he was asking for forgiveness instead of permission. He would do them. And then tell the WWE, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna miss a show. I'm gonna be where I need to be for the WWE when you tell me to be there. But I'm gonna do all of these other things, our heroes rocks, all of these things that I think WWE had no input in outside of saying you can't do them, right? Yeah. And so I think some of that too was like, there's probably somewhere in there that's like, hey, we don't have, I think our understanding or control of what Biggie's doing at the time. <laughs> and that kind of yeah. I don't know how these things work, but I just know in the in the history of how things work, uh, they want to be able to have uh, you know, kind of full control over especially the people they put the belts on. And it's a big, 
it's a, it's a yeah it's a weird thing that was one of my theories no but but that's partially correct because there's a thing where we've seen time and time again if you go over organically mm. in a when they're not ready for you to they're going to do what they can to stop it so i don't know if you guys remember there was like a run where it was just blackity black 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 in wwe right you mm -hmm. had the the um festival that they were at with bianca them all of this stuff rolling so loud no yeah they know that that the black dollar is very loud right but also when when it's not personal to you you're just a token right so they know how to pander to a particular crowd to get your dollar but once that quota has been met you're no longer a factor and that's what happens in promotions like WWE. Can I say one caveat? Sure. Um, one caveat is, I, I think the understanding is a little more deeper and a little more s sinister to American society. It's actually not the black dollar. It's black culture. They but know the black that black culture is popping. But yeah, but if you look at, dollar. I say that because if you look at Rolling Loud, mm -hmm. Rolling Loud is populated by a bunch of white kids. White folks. But so it's black you, culture that's an attractiveness, right? Let me bring it together. Why yeah, yeah, the black yeah, yeah. dollar, right? So, and I said this at New York Comic Con. Ask black women how much money yearly we spend on our hair, on mm. our appearance, on things that we like. Ask black men how much they spend on shoes, clothes, things mm. that they like, right? So if you calculate as a group, the amount of money that we waste and we i'll say waste because i knew it if you can see all the memorabilia i have in here i can say it. um how much money we waste on what we want there's a lot of money in blackness right yeah. so granted appropriation is going to happen but it's still the black dollar because if black dollar did not cultivate the stuff that it cultivated those white kids didn't won't care so right. it's still the catalyst. Our culture is dollars. Our culture. Okay, I see money. what you're saying. Because I, yeah, you I would saying? say I see Our the culture. culture I would say the culture money. part, and you say the catalyst into the dollar. The fact Think that the, the frustrating people. part is the ownership part, right? Because it's right, a lot of exactly. white companies that own that black that black culture now, right? And until power shift changes, we're going to be in the same cycle. And to, now so, you have people like Nadia doing what she's doing, which is to phenomenal. Change the narrative. Um. Mine has always been WWE and Ricochet. I haven't figured out how they haven't figured out a way to make him a huge, huge star. Um, Stop him from talking. He needs to put that Puma mask back on. He has got to put the mic down. I just don't. I just don't get it. And then I'm still personally hurt about the whole for WWE in particular. I'm still very personally hurt about the Hit Row thing, the whole Hit Row mm. situation. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other things to be upset about um but the, the 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 hit row thing made no sense to me to bring them up on the main roster put them in their debut match and then let all basically all of them go within two weeks without without some of the challenges that they had later down the line with vaccinations all that that wasn't an issue yeah. um right with hit row it was just kind of they just they were just like, oh, they're expendable. And uh, they were so talented. And they were building something organically, like you said. That was so frustrating. I think the other one that stands out, um, and, me and uh, me and my crew talk about this a lot, um, um, because we're all AEW marks. Uh, we, we, we talk about AEW more than any other promotion, probably on the show. Uh, talk about the indies a lot, but we talk about AEW a lot. And we haven't figured out how they were able to do hook so well and haven't been able to do, um, you know, the Dante Martin, the top flights of the world, the private parties of the world. Like there was a stat that came out that said, I think when hook became four and oh, look at this. Am I wrong about, am, am I saying something? I'm not saying anything. I thought they had a word for it though. Huh? I'm sorry. Let, let me know. I think they did hook well in regards to what they did for him. I just didn't know how they were able to elevate. So when he became 4-0, he had more single on-television wins than any other black male talent in the company, basically. And there was a stat that said this. 
And I was just like, how does that happen? <laughs> All right, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. I feel like no, hey, I ain't got no contract, so I can say what I want. I mean, I was just, I mean, I'm just trying to be a podcast host here. I'm just trying to see what I observed. This is what I'm no, sure. I, I don't. I don't want to keep talking because I, I can go on this all day. So I'm letting Nadia say. Nadia, get in here. Get in here, Nadia. Unless you don't want to. I've done work for the Nightmare Factory. I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say. Y'all are true. It's something that we we keep seeing, and I, I understand that you are AEW marks, but I, I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll I'll take the bullet. Okay. What AEW does is takes gimmicks ideas and organic things from a lot of their black talent mm -hmm. and redistribute it and i'll leave it there <laughs> all right let's do a, let's put a happy face on this before we get out of here <laughs> and you tell me you tell me who's next who identify a talent that you think is going to be the next, uh, just the next big, like talk about megastar that hasn't, maybe hasn't landed in a major promotion yet, or is just getting there, uh, but is going to be over worldwide. Who Or who would you like to see who's next um, hmm. that you can identify in 2022? Ooh. There's a lot. There's this, a lot. this shouldn't be that hard, right? This shouldn't no, be that hard, bad. right? Japan strong, mm -hmm. um, absolutely fantastic in that ring. Uh, just oh, no, who's the name? It, it faded out a little bit. Who's the name? Kevin. Kevin Knight. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic, and Eel O'Neill on the independent circuit. Okay, Eel O'Neill is an amazingly brilliant character. He is a fantastic technical wrestler, but his mind is—he gives me. Um, black Afrocentric Bray Wyatt when it comes to his brain. Mm. So if you don't know who Eel O'Neal is, take a look at him. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Nadia, who's next? Uh, I'm going to say two. <clears throat> Bo from North Carolina. Bo Jack and Lucky Ali. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like Lucky. I mean, they are phenomenal crazy i mean bojack's on the show so whenever y'all <laughs> watch the show like you're gonna see you're you're gonna see and then lucky like just just his athletic system athletic athleticism lord i, I can't talk he tells stories in the ring the way that he mm -hmm. interacts with the crowd it's just this is amazing really? i mean it's it, I don't see why he wouldn't be picked up at all. Not one reason. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we'll be on the lookout for those individuals, those talents. There was no, there was, give me one really quickly. We'll get you out of here. Rapid fire. Is there, is there a, a woman wrestler to be on the lookout for? Joshua Navarro and Brooke Valentine. Hmm. Got it. Jocelyn. Perfect. Watch out. Perfect. Last thing, Nadia, tell everybody one more time <laughs> where they can follow everything, get those big announcements that are coming up this week and up until July, um, and how they can be involved if they want to help. Okay. So um, you guys can follow Let Wrestling Live on Twitter at Let Wrestling um, LV. And you can follow on Instagram at Let Wrestling Live, Twitter. Please make sure you guys uh, follow us on Twitter. We are doing a contest right now where we reach 1,000 likes. We are raffling off two tickets that is sponsored by Donovan Daniels. Um, and our Facebook um, URL is Let Wrestling Live NC. Um, once again, the show is July 16th in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, we have an amazing card. Uh, it's it's going to be lit. I'm trying to figure out what else to say about it. <laughs> um, if you guys want to sponsor, you can just email us at letwrestlinglive um, at gmail.com or you could just contact Lovely directly and she will take care of you. Um, Lovely, anything you want to say? No. 
that's that's, that's perfect. the bow. What I that's it. That is the bow. But oh, and then this. we drop we drop releases every single Monday. Monday, and we may start doing you know doubling up on Wednesdays. See how we do. Oh, and you should. You should. We have merchandise as well. What a maneuver! It's under Let Wrestling Live. Correct. That's the store. Hi. See, I'm still trying to remember everything. So we do have merchandise um, for the promotion. Definitely tap in, support. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we will not disappoint. Uh, as Black women, we want to make sure that everyone is taken care of. Uh, we are for everyone. And we want to make sure that you guys feel that and know that. And we got you. I promise. And then uh, one more thing. Yeah, I wanted to absolutely. Shout out to Charmaine Staples. She's also mm -hmm. one of the owners. And she's over... Um, the she's the production manager for the company and she wasn't able to be up here because she is currently supporting jay malachi and jackson drake at their show today so shout out to her. fantastic well thank you both for taking the time to do this we will be following well hopefully we'll have you back on before the show in july just to to make sure that everybody does look by that time i'm sure it'll already be sold out <laughs> um, but but thank you so much and thank you for what you're doing the initiative to do this i don't know i'm sure you hear positive affirmations as you've gone through this journey and people sending you notes and saying this is exactly what wrestling needs but i will add my voice to to that and say this is exactly what wrestling needs you uh the the initiative the vision and then ultimately coming to that realization that you looked around in North Carolina and says, we're going to put on a show that is run by all black women um, and a show that's for, for everyone. Um, you're doing something that is, is groundbreaking and, and should be noted and appreciated. So thank you so much. I will be following our whole crew over at wrestling chat, what friends will be following. So you guys are now friends forever and we'll have you back on. Uh, and this is fantastic. So ladies and gentlemen, uh friends until next time we'll be back uh I, i'm obligated to say and i should because this is a part of the family podcast network make sure you do um follow wrestling chat with friends we're on twitter we're on uh, instagram uh and then you can reach us directly at uh, thefamilypn.com so until next time we'll see you later